following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcasting Network. For a full list of our shows, as well as breaking sports news and engaging feature stories, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com. Underdog Sports Fantasy Hour with Josh Dunn and Anshu Khanna. You are now in the Underdog Sports Fantasy Hour. I am Josh Dunn. I'm joined by Anshu Khanna as always. Anshu, we've been off for about a week. You're bringing the energy. I'm bringing the energy. We're finally getting our energy back from a weekend away. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well. I'm doing better than the residents of the town we just returned from. How are you doing? Yeah, good point. I'm I'm doing well. I took a few days, but uh, I'm getting my energy back, like I said, and I'm excited to record this show, as I always am each and every week with you, my friend. Uh, we're going to talk some interesting Lines here brought to you by BovadaSportsBook.com. We're going to go into some special bets. Uh, and first, we're going to lead off with some NFL stuff. We'll talk about the games a little bit of this past weekend, the uh, the, the conference championship games, and uh, position some things for you in the NBA and maybe even touch on a little golf, which I know you've been excited to get to, my friend, and exci- as excited yes. to get to that as you are to hit the links this, uh, this offseason. <laughs> oh, man, that seems so far away. There's like six to nine inches of snow and ice on the ground outside our apartments here. And it's, uh, it's not looking like something that might happen anytime soon, but yes, I am excited. Yeah. It's like negative a million out. And I wonder why we live in the Midwest every year around this time, but, uh, here we are nonetheless. So let's get right down to it. My friend, we've got some interesting ones here on the NFL specials. We're looking at Bovada. Um, the first one comes down to a player that really kind of changed changed the season a little bit for the Chiefs, in my opinion, and that's Kareem Hunt. Obviously, the video came out of him, uh, you know, kicking the girl, and, and uh, you know, he, he got suspended, and then he was ultimately released by the Chiefs. So the first NFL special we're going to look at is the odds that Kareem Hunt will play a down in the 2019 NFL regular season. And I'm actually not surprised that they have – the odds on favorite being yes at minus 500, knows at plus 300. Where do you land on this one, aren't you? Yeah, Bovada definitely nailed this one, I think. I mean, I, judging by the reports, it sounds like almost every expert has said that there are not just one team, but multiple teams interested. Uh, Matt Nagy in the Bears coaches' uh, final press conference basically didn't dismiss it out of hand by any means that Kareem Hunt might return to his former offensive coordinator's team. Um, obviously, Nagy being the former OC in uh, in Kansas City. I mean, there's there are tons of links here. He's an absolute stud as far as talent goes, and a terrible person off the field, obviously. But you know, this is a this is a tough one. But you know, this might be one where you just kind of put your morals to the side because for him, I, I think 
honestly, like I, I would be shocked if he didn't play it down the whole season. I would put these odds as will Kareem Hunt play it down in week one of the 2019 regular season as these same odds. What are your thoughts? You'd give him the same odds to play in week one. I guess, I mean, I guess if a team is going to take that shot, um, you know, it, he would get still... suspended, which is, uh, yeah. Right. So maybe so... not week one. Yeah, so he's probably going to be facing a suspension, but I, I, I mean, I think the odds are fair. I, I do think somebody's going to take a chance on him. He's a young enough kid that you know. You look at Joe Mixon. Obviously, that was before the draft. That was still when he was at Oklahoma. But you know, they're not too far off in age in those two scenarios. It's different than Ray Rice, who was kind of at the end of his career, and that was, I think, a significantly more severe uh, video evidence, I guess, with Ray Rice's situation. I mean, he he straight up punched somebody. Um, yeah. But yeah. but either way, I mean, you hate to think about it, but, you know, this guy's probably going to play again. And in my opinion, I think if he was there, I mean, the Chiefs, they had, you know, Damian Williams and Spencer Ware. They came in and did a pretty formidable job. But Kareem Hunt provided just a completely different kind of – a completely different feel than those two guys, in my opinion. I think he's a completely different talent, and I think somebody's going to be willing to take a chance on this guy. Yeah, for sure. So if you're willing to lay – 500 to win 100 with Bovada. I mean, I I would do that. I think that, yeah, I, I agree. He's he's a special kind of talent. It is what it is. And he's so young. And, you know, he's very cheap because he was like a third or fourth round pick out of Toledo. So, you know, he, he's not like you're not taking on like a first round salary or anything like that. So, yeah, I would be stunned. First of all, he's definitely going to sign somewhere. The only concern I would have is, will the NFL suspend him for like the entire season? And in that case, you might get some decent odds at plus 300. But I think that Bovada's got this right down, right on here. Take I think your, there's good value, actually. Take your better hat off for a second here. If you're the GM of one of these teams looking at, you know, potentially adding a running back with his caliber of talent, do you do you go out there and make that decision to sign him, you know, knowing you're going to get backlash from fans, uh, you know, other other potential ownership, things of that of that nature? Obviously, the media would be all over it. Uh, are you willing yeah. to take that risk as a GM of an organization? That's that's a great question. I I think it's you know you kind of it's hard to split hairs between which one's worse than others. But I do agree that you know just optically it's a little it's not as bad as the Ray Rice one, especially because Rice had been such a long time player. I mean, I, I think that. I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't if I needed. A, first of all, I think part of it is that he's a running back, and it's just it's a shame to say it, but it is the the business of the game. Like you said, Darrell, uh, Darrell Damian Williams comes in and looks awesome. Spencer Ware looked awesome. I mean, I think there's something to be said about the fact that the Bears, who are have been linked to Hunt already, have Howard and Cohen, and they're able to be good. You know, like I I think that mostly you can find a running back and I you know I personally would not take the risk on someone like Hunt I mean I I wouldn't say that I'd never do it I hate to admit it but I mean uh, it depends a little bit on the player but I think for Hunt it would be really tough for me to to reconcile that yeah I mean my organization that I that I root for has already made that you know call they 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 took Mixon in the second mm-hmm. round when he was a top 10 talent running back and you know, I, I don't know that I agreed with it at the time, but, you know, as you get further away from incidents like this, you know, people do tend to kind of forget about them. You think about Michael There's Vick and how many of... chances he got. Uh, you know, those oh, are man. serious crimes that were committed Tyreek. there. Tyreek Hill, For yeah. Sure. Nobody talks about Tyreek Hill's situation anymore. And this isn't the first incident we've seen from Kareem Hunt. I mean, alleged incident anyway. Uh, I know he had a little altercation in one of our favorite islands on Putin Bay. So, uh, you know, I, I, it's... <laughs> 
it's it's hard to it's hard to put yourself in those shoes, uh, you know, as, as a GM. But this is a guy you're going to be able to get for cheap, and you know, he's a talented kid. And you know, how much risk is there really in, in taking a chance on giving him a second chance? And I, I, you know, I probably would make that call if I if I'm a GM, and I, you know, I had other other people at that position that, like you said, the Bears. It's a great that's a great fit. He obviously has the connection, and they obviously have two other good running backs. So you know, it's a situation where you're not taking a big risk. You can kind of you can kind of frame it in the media as, you know, we're going to be the team that gives this guy a second chance. He hasn't earned anything here. You know, he's really got to prove to us that he's learned from this and, you know, goes through the steps to get better ultimately, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, I think that part of it's the fact that he plays running back. I like, I, I personally wouldn't, I, I think that the stuff with Mixon is a little bit different and he was, Again, so much younger and more time had passed. It, it's harder for me to do it with Hunt because it just happened too. And, you know, he's already been in the pros. And I don't know, it, it's a little trickier for me with Hunt for whatever reason. I, I'm not really sure how to explain it. But I I understand it's a business and I would I would understand both sides. All right, take your GM hat back off and put your Bovada hat back on. We're going to talk about the pass interference call from the NFC Championship game. I should say no call. Uh, it was a blatant, blatant pass interference that wasn't called. And there's a lot of talk whether or not they're going to add replay for pass interference in 2019. Bovada thinks that they will not. That's at minus 450, plus 275 on yes. Anshu, what say you? Wow, that's that's a stunner. I mean, I I wonder if the wording of this is it's, it's like – Will they add replay specifically for pass interference in 2019? I'm not sure. Will will pass interferences come into the purview of like the two minute warning and those types of things, like every play being reviewable? I'm not sure. Like that, I I do think that there is going to be some hell to pay for this, especially if uh if Coleman ends up being uh getting fined for the helmet portion of this, which I I don't know if you saw it came oh, yeah. out today that he might get fined for that. So that's that's a whole other piece of the puzzle and um you know i i i would actually venture to go with yes here i think that that is so scarring to the nfl that they will add it it is going to make games so much longer but i could see it happening where you know if a team decides to roll the dice on it uh on using one of their challenges during the game on on a pass interference they will do that i i just think it's such a subjective thing that it makes it really tricky so i'm not sure what are your what are your thoughts here for where the line is as a betting man i'd say yes i mean i, I wouldn't yeah I definitely wouldn't take minus 450 uh on this right on, on no but you know I, I think they should add it as a replay and i think it should be one of those things you know i don't necessarily agree with the referee going to the microsoft surface tablet every you know every time there's a challenge i think there were two or three two or two challenges at least like back to back in one of those games uh i hate that because it slows the game down so much yeah it was um so that i don't love but you know it could be a booth review you could have you know an official in new york that's reviewing those calls or something along those lines and making it a quicker call um I, i you know, I, I don't know. There's definitely a, a way that you can make this work and make it work right. I don't know what that is. That's above my pay grade. Um, but I, I, I still think yes is the right call. And as a betting man, plus 275, that's not bad. You can almost go three to one if they end up doing it. So I, I would take yeah. that as a betting man. And I honestly think it's the right thing to do for the league. When you have games that are decided by penalties or no calls, 
you have to start looking at it. And it's been these are the biggest games of the year that that that, that was you know potentially decided. We don't know what what the outcome would have been after that play, but there's a good chance the Saints would have gone in and scored, and they didn't. Yeah, because of it. I mean. I totally agree with you. I, I do think that, especially in the, even if it's just for the playoffs, like change the rule. And I agree completely that if you're able to somehow change the logistics of the replay system, especially on calls like this, to where someone's just calling in, kind of like baseball. I know baseball's gotten panned for how long replays take, but just have someone call into these refs. Don't make them have to make the call in front of this these noisy crowds and the cold and the climate and all that. Like just have someone in New York or wherever the league offices you know call in and say like look this was a pass interference you blew it and and change the call it much better to get it right than to mess it up so and we've had these you know i bet for a long time people didn't expect there to ever be instant replay let alone or replay challenges let alone where we're at now so i totally agree with you and you're right i mean look legacies change i mean if they if they get that first down it's over like they they're about they're going to kick a field goal basically with all that timeout and then you know, the Rams would have to score a touchdown, drive down and score a touchdown. And, you know, it's – I mean, there's a good chance Drew Brees is in the championship looking for a second Super Bowl and totally changing the trajectory of his legacy. And instead, they're out because of this. And I know that, you know, you have a million chances to do it before then. But I, I would just rather take, you know, the doubt out of it and not make the refs be forced to make a, an important call like, you know, knee-jerk. Agreed. Let's uh, let's stay on that in that same vein here. We got one more special NFL bet on Bovada, and this one has also got to do with that missed call, and that has to do with uh, the Louisiana attorney Frank. Dam- is it D'Amico Jr. Uh, who, who yep. wins? Uh, will he win this lawsuit that he is uh, now going to the NFL and Roger Goodell with about the missed call? First of all, reaction to this story. It's kind of crazy. This is a guy who's a Saints fan. He you know he's, he lives in Louisiana. Obviously, he's an attorney. He wants he wants there to be justice uh, for this missed call. Uh, I just I thought it was hysterical that that came up. Yeah, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. Basically, there is um, not precedent, but there is a small loophole uh, where potentially the NFL could, in the right circumstances, allow the commissioner to take extreme action in the face of a grossly unfair result. So they could potentially, Roger Goodell could unilaterally actually look at this and change the result of the game, or I'm not sure if he could replay the end. I assume he wouldn't replay it at that point, but, you know, basically just change the whole the game obviously that's not never happening at this stage and, and it probably never would have but so the saints would add first and goal at the spot of the foul 149 on the clock and with the game tied at 20 the rams would have had one timeout left and you know it would have gone from there so they could have potentially run it out or gotten a first down and end of the game why and, not just uh, fly both teams back down to new orleans we'll go back down <laughs> as well and let's do the damn thing over again are you gonna drive i, no, I mean no, are, are you easy to too soon <laughs> So, so Bovada has the lines for that at twenty five hundred plus twenty five hundred for yes and minus ten thousand for no. Uh, are you are you going twenty five to one on this thing? Can I can I not bet on it? Ten thousand to one is hilarious, but I mean it's a lock. They would never ever do that. So, I mean, if you want to lay, I don't know what is that a grand is a grand to win ten grand to win ten dollars. I know, like a free. and if nothing else, Bovada's got a sense of humor. We know that. Yes, we appreciate our friends at Bovada for that. That's uh, that's hilarious. But yeah, that's a big no. I'm surprised. Yes, is that as that low of odds? I mean, basically, they don't want to pay it out. They're just assuming Saints fans are putting like a couple bucks on this, right? I guess it seems like it seems that way. 
So we, we talked a lot about uh, the NFC Championship game and the AFC Championship game leading up to that. Anshu, I, I'm here to admit that I was wrong about both games. But, you know, the fact of the matter is these were two of the best championship games we've seen in the history of the NFL, and they really could have gone either way down the stretch. Um, so, you know, be, I'm fine with being wrong on both of these. But great yeah, football I, all around. That, look, we they were the four best teams all season – um, well, maybe not all season with the Patriots, but the other three teams were clearly the three best teams all season. The most exciting teams and the games, while they weren't like offensive shootouts, they were they were both good games. While the end of the Patriots Chiefs game was a little bit annoying with how long it got drawn out, as you pointed out, and you know obviously the pass interference thing isn't great. I mean, it it, it was still awesome. It was super fun, and uh, you know I have a feeling we're going to see these three or at least two of these four teams quite a bit in the next few years. But I just I think it was a great – it's going to be a great finish in the Super Bowl coming up. It's cool to see two underdogs win, so both road teams end up winning. And, uh, yeah, it's going to make for a very interesting Super Bowl, I think. Yeah, the other thing to, to kind of note when we think about the Super Bowl, and next week's show is going to be dedicated to the Super Bowl. We're going to go all in on props. We're going to do it all. Um, so Gatorade bath. Gatorade anthem. baths for sure. Uh, anthem, coin toss, we'll, we're touching everything. <laughs> but <laughs> but we, we, so the, the, the Super Bowl line opened up right after that game. They had the Rams as a one-point favorite, did Bovada. That line's moved four points since then. It's only been a few days. Do you think that uh, that line movement is warranted? Obviously, our guys over there do. Uh. I do not. I I feel strongly the other way, but we will we'll get into that more. Maybe I'll change my mind over the next few days. I'm sure I will, but I don't I don't get that. Uh, I think this, these two teams are extremely evenly matched, and uh, I'm excited to get into that because I'm going to lose a ton of money on the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, I, I I'm definitely going to lose a lot of money. So definitely listen to what we have to say on the show next week. We will tell you what not to do, or at least I will, and Anshu will give you his expert advice. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, like I said, we're going to get to some NBA stuff. But before we do, I wanted to tell you about our friends over at the Collider Network. If you like Aunt You and I's show, you are going to love all of the shows on the Collider Network on Podcast One. The YouTube channel turned Podcast Super Network has got everything for your pop culture needs. Check out Collider Sports, Jedi Council, one-on-one with Christian Harloff, movie trivia schmodown, movie talk, and so much more. Check out the Collider Network every week on Podcast One or wherever you get your favorite podcasts on you, just like the one our listeners are listening to now. Check yes. Absolutely. All right. So with that, we promised you NBA. This is going to be the beefiest NBA segment that we have done here on the Underdog Sports Fantasy Hour. So let's do it on you. We'll start with some specials, then we'll get to some fantasy stuff as well. Uh, we've got some some fun specials here in the NBA as well as we did on the NFL side. So let's take a look at what we've got here um, as I pull them up. I know we we're talking about Anthony Davis first. Do you have those pulled up? I I'm, I'm just... I do. So the first line from Bovada is, where will Anthony Davis game one of the 2019-2020 NBA season be played? The Pelicans are plus 160. The Lakers are plus 190. Boston Celtics plus two seventy five, Knicks plus eight fifty, Sixers plus eight fifty. Any of those, Greg? First off, I've got to say I love that Bovada does this because the NBA almost more than the action on the court at this point in my oh life, my God. it just yep. drags me in so much with the rumor mill and you know the trade deadline talks and you know you think about last year the, the I'm a Cavs fan like they're trying to improve. 
you know, and, and there's just so many rumors going around about this guy has an opportunity to end up in a Cavs jersey. And it just, it really does rope me in. So I love that Bovada has come out with these lines and given us something else to put money on uh, in this opportunity. So let's, uh, so my thoughts here, I, I really think that the Lakers and the Celtics have a legitimate opportunity. So the fact that the Pelicans are still sitting there at plus 160, uh, you know, that that's that's kind of interesting to me. I, I really do think, you know, I think the Lakers makes a lot of sense because he could play beside, uh, beside LeBron, and LeBron's already made it clear that he wants to play with Anthony Davis. Um, but I think Boston has a real shot as well, and they have the assets to bring him in. So, you know, I, I don't think you're making a bad bet with either of those. I, I would probably not bet on the Pelicans at plus 160 because I, I really do believe – I think Anthony Davis, you know, ideally would love to stay in New Orleans because that's, you know, that's where his career started. He's obviously the one of the biggest stars in the league at this point. But I just don't know if you're going to win a championship there. I just – I don't see them building a championship roster Maybe they won't in L.A., but, you know, you've got the fame in L.A., and I think Boston has the best roster out of those three. I think the other two I, I probably wouldn't wouldn't even touch, but I think L.A. or Boston is where I'd put my money here. Yeah, I don't disagree. I think the Pelicans are interesting at plus 160. That's crazy that at plus 160. I mean, he's under contract through the 2020-2021 season, let's not forget, with the Pelicans. So this is basically just them saying, Bovada saying, we are going to trade, or we're assuming that Anthony Davis is getting traded before the beginning of the next year, and that's in part because you know then they would trade his his extension rights essentially because whatever team has him after that would be able to sign him to that super max deal that he would otherwise be entitled to in New Orleans, right? So you know he could be a lame duck and just stay there, and that would be you know it would be a little bit different, and but like you're right, he won't. He's unlikely to stay there. They're not going to build something around him. It looked like last year there was a little bit of traction, a little bit of momentum, but you know now that seems to be completely dead. It just seems inevitable that he's going to go. And so I, I hate to say it, but I look, if you're in New Orleans, the best you can do is what the Celtics can offer. That's basically why plus 275 is interesting to me. But he wants to go to the Lakers. And so if he kind of demands his way into L.A., that's a way around this whole thing. But – you know, if the Celtics were to say, listen, here's Tatum, you know, it's that's it because the Lakers can't offer a player like that. Do you think if Boogie Cousins doesn't have that injury, he somehow ends up staying in New Orleans and you still have – you kind of have a big three there if, if he does with Anthony Davis, Boogie Cousins, and uh, Drew Holiday playing, you know, the best basketball of his career. I think he's a top five point guard right now personally. Wow. Yeah, I mean, he's – his their playoff run last year was so eye-opening to me because – and kind of sad because really Cousins was playing the best he had ever played in the first half last season. I mean, his numbers they were finally starting were to figure out how to play together. Yeah, and I mean, I I do think they got a little bit better in terms of spacing when they traded for Miritich and you know Holiday really seemed to come into his own with that kind of freedom. But if you had then added Cousins back this year or next year, like I mean, I think they were really on a good path. I think they totally miscalculated this whole thing. Um, you know, Cousins came out and had a very candid interview last week where he basically said, you know, Warriors were our only option. I mean, there was like no one wanted to sign me for more than, you know, basically cheap dollars, definitely not a max. The Pelicans bailed on me, so they F off essentially. And, you know, it's it's a sad thing because I, I agree with you. I think that would have been enough to keep Davis there. And uh, I just think they misplayed this whole thing pretty badly. That's fair. So from a, one of the, the top stars in the NBA to somebody who once was, and that's Carmelo Anthony, 
you know, again, sense of humor, but hey, full it's, star it, Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, true. <laughs> they went out and traded the whole kit and caboodle for him. Actually, didn't they just get cash considerations in this trade? They literally just got cash and John Diebler, former Ohio State schoolboy. Yeah, I remember Diebler. So, yeah. so here it is. Carmelo, this is the burning question that everybody wants to know the answer to. Uh, was traded to the Bulls. They they will release him or buy him out. You've got the Los Angeles Lakers as the odds-on favorite at minus 200. The Heat are the second best here at plus 500. And then the Detroit Pistons and San Antonio Spurs at plus 900. You've got the Trailblazers at plus 450. Well, I guess plus 450 is the second best odds. Yeah. Uh, and then the Sixers at plus 600. So there's a lot of teams out there. You know, Bovada's giving people a chance. Where do you think this guy yeah. lands? Oh, man. Yeah. All these teams make sense except for the Spurs to me. Because, like, yeah, the Wizards aren't going anywhere. But can you just see them adding him, like, as just, like, a – first of all, <laughs> I believe he's from he's from the area. So there's – I don't know, maybe. And then, I don't I, I just – I feel like that, that would just be so ridiculous, though. Plus 2,000 is crazy odds, but that might be fun to throw a dollar on. Um you know, the, the Blazers, I think, are the most interesting because you could see him off the bench there actually being useful. Um, the Pistons, remember, they passed on him for Darko way back in the day, and it'd be interesting to close that circle. Um, <laughs> the storylines uh, are just riveting. Yeah. They're all, they all have storylines. So the Sixers, you put him next to Jimmy Butler, just imagine that whole locker room combusting immediately. Um, I love it. You know, the Lakers at minus 200 are just too easy, but I I feel like that's likely, right? I mean, I'm surprised the Heat are even on here, but what do you think? I, I would probably bet on the Lakers, I, mean, I guess. It's the banana boat and then the team that makes the most yeah. basketball sense, which I agree with you in Portland. It really does. I mean, they, they need a bench scorer. They, they don't really have one. It's McCollum and Dame's show over there, and they don't really have anybody off the bench who can get buckets, and that's what Carmelo does. He sure as hell doesn't play defense at this point in his career, but he can still score. I mean, he really can. He's a streaky scorer. You don't want him on the front lines, but I think I think giving him a bench role makes a lot of sense, and I, I think he could do that on Portland. I think he could do that on Miami, but, you know, you've got Miami with Dwayne Wade. You know, should they go out the, right out into the sunset together? You know, just, is, is Carmelo going to steal some of that Wade thunder if he goes to Miami? I, I It's just, I mean, it's kind of, I'm saying that kind of tongue-in-cheek, but it, 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 it kind of makes sense. So you've got his, one of his yeah. good friends in Miami and, and Dwayne Wade, and then you've got LeBron James who, you know, he's been saying for years he'd love to play with Carmelo. I think he might change his tune when he actually does. Uh, but, <laughs> but minus 200, I mean, it makes sense. But, you know, I, I kind of like Portland as a dark horse here at plus 450. Yeah, I, here's the thing. The Lakers are minus 200, and I'd probably bet on them because of what you said about LeBron, obviously. But now that I think about it, I mean, how would he get involved there? I mean, if he's not starting there. He's like, is he playing important minutes down the stretch when they make the playoffs or if they make the playoffs, I guess? I don't, from a basketball standpoint, even though these, you know, that line is what it is. I just, I don't really, I I don't really see it because they have so many young wing guys. You know, you think about, you know, the the team Kuzma, you've got Josh Hart, you know, they have a lot of wing players, you know, I just, I just don't really see it, but you know. I, the Lake, the Lakers are a team that are probably going to make a move either by trade or by adding a guy like Carmelo. And, you know, LeBron's probably got something to do with calling the shots there with the relationship he has with Magic. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they bring him on board. Yeah, for sure. I, I wouldn't either. Obviously, they're the odds-on favorite, as you said, from Bovada. But I, 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 it's interesting. As you were talking through the Heat thing, aside from, like, raining on Wade's parade, I kind of think I'd throw a couple that way. I think that'd be... 
that makes some sense and because they're likely to make the playoffs especially with the Pacers out now there's a chance they win a round I mean you know it might be a thing where Wade like the banana boat included multiple players remember so it might be a thing where you know they have space and, and they actually have more room for him to play than any of these other teams except for the Blazers and how, you know maybe the Pistons how amazing would it have been so he, he plays with Chris Paul at one point this year if they yeah, some, yeah, if they but, trade him to Miami and they buy him out and then he ends up playing with LeBron in LA to finish the year that would have been amazing he, he literally is Oh my god, he is the boat. Like he's just getting ridden out by all his buddies. <laughs> amazing, amazing. All right, we've gone off the rails, so let's get back on the banana boat ourselves here. We've got uh, one more, one more NBA specials bet. Uh, we've got Kyrie Irving, your boy. Uh, where will he play game one of the 2019-2020 season? Interestingly enough, the Celtics aren't even on this. It's either the LA Lakers at plus six hundred to reunite with his buddy LeBron, or any other team in the NBA at minus twelve hundred. Do you take that chance on L.A.? Mm, I, I feel like this is an interesting one because they post this for a reason. And uh, I think part it's directly reactionary to what, what came out this week, right, about Kyrie where he said – Called him Listen, to apologize and all that. Yeah, yeah. What a bunch of BS. What's your opinion? You were very close to that team, so I'm very interested to hear what you have to say. It's about pretty it. clear that Kyrie now realizes that he doesn't want what he thought he wanted by leaving Cleveland. He is not good yeah. in the I'm the man role. He's just not. He went out and called people out for not playing as a team. And, you know, the youngsters on that team are the only thing really keeping them together. Kyrie is just not a number one player. He is probably one of he's one he's the best Scottie Pippen in the NBA right now, perhaps. Or at least he was like beside LeBron when he was healthy. But he's just he's just not a number one guy. And he's he's making that pretty clear now. And I think he came to a realization that it's not as easy as as you know LeBron made it look as he was playing beside him and I think you know I think it's genuine that he's sorry about it but I don't know that he's genuine enough to go back and take a back seat to LeBron again I mean you you kind of made your bed you got to lay in it kid my I agree my my only thought is just to play devil's advocate there's two things one is you know by doing this he he leaves the door open to it so he creates leverage in other contract, I mean, he's going to get a max deal no matter what. So it is what it is, even if it's, you know, even if he's not like ever going to be the best player on a champion. And then the other thing is just, you know, it's like I, I, he's kind of a Hollywood guy, isn't he? Like the whole Uncle Drew thing, all that. I mean, maybe there's a chance. I know you can do that anywhere, but maybe there's a chance he's interested in going to L.A. And he's trying to make nice with LeBron. So he goes so they he takes him back. I just that's not the same situation as it was with Cleveland, honestly, I think that that Cleveland team is just so perfect together. Um, and I, I like with the role players and everything, I'm not even sure if a LeBron Kyrie tandem now would be enough to win a title. To be honest. Or makes I, mean, sense. I, I just, I, I kind of wish the Knicks were yeah. on here I, and the Celtics. I like, I wish, I wish they threw a, a couple other teams on here, but I, yeah, it, it, it does spark up an interesting conversation, but I could see a scenario and I've kind of felt this way for like a month or two now. I could see a scenario because I think Kyrie wants to be on the Knicks. I think he wants to help revive that, that that organization. I could see a scenario where he goes to the Knicks, Jimmy Butler comes along, and Durant leaves Golden State to join the Knicks Ooh, to create a big three. All three of them. I could see that scenario. I know Kyrie and Jimmy Butler have been talking about wanting to play together. You know, I think Durant. I, I think Durant will have fulfilled what he wanted to in Golden State, and he wants. I, I honestly think Durant. You know, obviously, I think he made the right decision, but I think he's ready to leave. Clay said he wants to stay. Draymond will stay there forever. Steph's obviously their guy. 
I think Duran is the most likely to leave of that group, obviously, and and I I think he should personally, because so, I think he needs I think he needs to close out his career making a name for himself, not being not being one of the big three or whatever. And I I think Kyrie realizes that he's not the guy, and Jimmy Butler has proven that he can't be the guy on on multiple franchises now. I don't I don't think Jimmy Butler adds anything to. To be honest, like not at a max salary. Like I, he's obviously a really good player, top twenty-five player in the league, but he's a nut, man. He is a total head case. Like you can tell what he's doing to to Philly this year. I mean, we'll see how it all ends up, obviously for them. But if I'm, I mean, obviously you add him if you can. But you know, with his age and the miles on his legs, thanks to Thibodeau, I mean, I, I think that if you could just get Kyrie and Durant and then figure it out around them, they've got Porzingis. You know, like they don't necessarily and Knox. I mean, they don't necessarily even need Butler um, to win the East, at least for now. Uh, but I, I mean, I think it'd be. I your point's well taken. I think that Kyrie knows that he cannot be the only. But he doesn't have like a Blake Griffin career, you know, where he's just kind of toiling, or like even Damian Lillard to a certain extent. So who, if you think Durant and Kyrie are going elsewhere, who do you think ends up with LeBron? Is it Davis? I think that Davis makes the most sense. You know, someone's going. I someone's just, going with him. I don't. I don't know that. I honestly, I think playing b- beside LeBron at this point in his career is not as appetizing and enticing to young talent as it would have been a year or two or three ago. I really do. I, I just. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I could see Anthony Davis going, and I think that that would make sense basketball wise. You know, Anthony Davis will flourish with LeBron on his team. Oh, absolutely! It'd be amazing for him. But yeah. outside of Anthony Davis, like I just I don't I don't see a young superstar saying you know that's where I want you know to jumpstart my career. I, you know, there's so much there's so many uh, criticisms out there about how hard it is and how taxing it is playing with LeBron. And you know, the, there, there was all the drama in Cleveland. I, I don't know. Maybe Kevin Love. I just don't yeah, know. That he's, I don't know that he's a marquee enough star to really be considered. A star, but he did just sign a absolutely enormous contract, and you know if he could stay healthy, he's still got talent. So I could see that. You know, he he, he went to UCLA. He, him and LeBron still went out. You know, he went out to dinner when they were just in LA. They're still really close friends. I could see them reuniting. That, that's possible. I, if you're saying young players, I mean, who are the real like young alphas in the league? It's really like it's either Damian Lillard. I don't really see that. I see that I, I thought at one point Giannis. I don't think that's happening. Kawhi. I don't why see that I, happening. Why I think would more likely go to the Clippers and start something of his right. own. See, that's what I thought. That's what Chris also thinks. Kemba, thinks that, I mean, I maybe Kemba. I just oh. don't see Kemba. Like Kemba wants Charlotte wants to re-sign him. I don't know why they're like obsessed with keeping Kemba. I mean, I get it. He's a great player, but like, what's like, what yeah. what are you getting out of this? Like, you you and like Nicholas Batum and you know which, whichever Zeller you have at this point in the season. I I, I don't even like. I don't get what Charlotte's trying to accomplish. They, what, what they want they, to be an eight seed look, forever. Yeah, exactly. Charlotte has a ceiling. They know what their ceiling is, but they need to make money, make the playoffs. And so I think they, instead of tanking, they just want to keep Kemba forever because he's such a huge favorite there. That's a team I could totally see signing Jimmy Butler to a max deal and just being like, all right, here's our deal. We're going to be the fifth seed forever. It's just that's going to be our max, and we're just going to, we're just going to ride this thing out for as long as we can. And hopefully one year we catch lightning in a bottle and like make a finals. But I, I, even if Kemba were to go with LeBron, like that's definitely not a championship team. LeBron needs either Anthony Davis, Damian Lillard, Kawhi Leonard, or, or 
Durant and, or Kyrie and something. What but I, Mike I don't Conley? I mean, he's just not a, not a supreme enough talent. He signed no, a max deal, but he's yeah. just not a supreme enough talent. No, D'Angelo he's not. Russell, and I, mean, I don't know. I don't know. I just don't yeah. think there's a guy that's out there that, that puts them over the top that's realistic other than Anthony Davis. And I think they'll, no, they'll throw the, everything at Anthony Davis to try to make that happen. I just don't see it. Yeah. No, I agree. And I don't think anyone on their current team is going to ever evolve into that. I mean, I'm a Lonzo Ball fan, and I, I was an even bigger fan in college. But he's just – he's never going to be that guy, right? So you know, who who is the second and third piece is going to be? I – I'm not sure. I mean, they seem to think they know that they're going to get someone. Maybe it, it probably. I think that's arrogance. Oh, a hundred percent. That's. I thought when he signed the three-year deal, there it was a it was a slap in the face to Cleveland, and b it was just supreme arrogance on LeBron and Magic Johnson's side that they were going to get, you know, whatever they could. What that they were definitely going to get a guy next year, and I, I think these odds by Bovada kind of point out that I, I don't see that being a lock by any means. Agreed. All right, let's talk a little bit of fantasy basketball before we round it out with golf. Um, we haven't talked much fantasy basketball on this show, if any, really this year. Um, you know, DFS is a hard thing to predict in the NBA world, and you know, obviously matchups go into it quite a bit. Uh, but we just wanted to talk a little bit about you know what's transpired so so far this year, and you know, the league Anshu and I are in on the on the basketball side is a head-to-head league, so it's not a rotisserie league. Uh, so regardless of what you guys are doing. What we say may apply a little bit more, a little bit less, depending on what you're looking at. Obviously, in rotisserie, you have to be a little bit more strategic about the categories that you're that you're looking at uh, with your team. But in a head-to-head league, you're going ours is points. So looking at you know points for you know obviously points, rebounds, assists, uh, loss of points for turnovers. So you're pretty standard head-to-head uh, league on a week-to-week basis. So on you, I just wanted to get, kind of go similar through. to how you would similar to how you would fill out your DFS lineups, right? Like you get points. So it's so as you're assembling your DFS lineups, it, it's kind of similar to what our our scoring settings are. Right. So thinking about you know kind of where we're at so far in the season and and what what's really sustainable. I mean, you've got your no brainer superstars. You know, the, the run James Harden's been on over the last few weeks is just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, it, what he, he's like had sixty like three times. I, I I can't get past it. It's wild. But outside of James Harden, you know, you've got Anthony Davis, who's actually hurt right now. Joel Embiid, Giannis, and Kevin Durant kind of rounding out the top five. But when you look into that like five to twenty range, who's a guy that you really think could make a push from you know maybe number six to twenty or even twenty five that can make a push to be you know a fringe top five fantasy guy as we look. Uh, toward the end of this, or I guess the second half of the season. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple. I, I think Clint Capella has a real chance to move way up. Um, you know, I think that you pointed out Harden, and I just, it's so unsustainable what he's doing. And not only because of, like, the scoring and the, the efficiency with which he's scoring, the ruthless efficiency with which he's scoring, but he's going to burn out. And at some point, someone's going to have to take that load off him and Capella, when he's been healthy, has been awesome. I mean, his averages are really good. So he's getting this time off. He, you know, he's going to be out for four to six weeks. But when he's back, um, you know, he's I, – I think that's a guy – I guess it'll be, what, three to four weeks from now. Um, I think that he's a dude to definitely circle, uh, especially if you need a big man or you're thinking about your DFS lineups. I really, I really like Capella because I think that – I think Harden is due for either – you know, a cold streak or the fact is I, I think that he's just going to get hurt because he's getting, his usage is just so high right now. 
Yeah, and, and kind of thinking about this too, you know, we're getting pretty close to All Star break, the trade deadline. There's going to be people on the move, and you know, there's some guys when you look in this top forty that probably will be moved around the trade deadline. So think about the Memphis Grizzlies. You know, the rumors out there that they're they're willing to trade both Marcus All and Mike Conley. Remember, Mike Conley signed that huge max deal. I think it was two years ago. Uh, you know, you've got guys on the New York Knicks. They've said Tim Hardaway Jr. and his Cantor are both likely to be moved. Uh, so some of these teams that are in tank mode, you know, even my Cleveland Cavaliers, is Kevin Love going to be able to be moved with all the injuries that he's been plagued with and the big contract that he signed this offseason? Uh, you know, who do you think is most likely to be traded and not just traded, but traded into a situation where he can be a very productive fantasy player going forward or more productive than he is in, in his current situation? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, well, I think that Otto Porter Jr. is probably the most likely big name to get traded. I mean, we've said a lot of different names today. We said Kemba's name has been out there. Bradley Beal's name has been out there. I mean, I don't think either of those guys get moved. I ultimately think that the Grizzlies are going to hang on to, to Conley and Gasol. And, you know, if they did trade one of them, um, there's a couple guys that stand to benefit. I mean, Garrett Temple's one. Justin Holiday is a guy the Grizzlies traded for from the Bulls. Probably will trade him again. Javon Carter could step into that role from West Virginia, if you remember yeah, him. Yeah, I remember uh, he was there for 10 years. Yeah, he's he was like a 100-year-old <laughs> junior. and But he could step into the Conley role as well. And, uh, you know, as those guys get Jaron Jackson, a rookie who I just – despised at Michigan State but his his efficiency in the minutes he's played has been really good so those are two names uh, I guess Carter and Jaron Jackson are two names I would watch out for if they do end up moving Conley and Gasol and then like we were saying earlier the the likeliest to get traded is Otto Porter Jr. probably and so if you're to a team like say the Jazz who have been rumored I mean that's that's a really interesting piece because his time has just not been great in uh, in Washington. But if you know if he moves on to a team where he has more minutes and you know is better utilized, I think that that's an interesting piece for sure too. Yeah, that Max deal was definitely uh, curious when he signed it in Washington. Uh, yeah. Otto Porter, I didn't I didn't see it, but you know it happened. So there's also you know the injury bug that's been biting a lot of teams. Obviously, the Lakers have been battling quite a few injuries. They've got Lonzo Ball and. Uh, LeBron James both on the shelf right now. Obviously, the Wizards lose John Wall, which is why they may be in a position to move some guys, uh, possibly. Uh, we just saw the Victor Oladipo injury here just within the last oh. day or two, uh, which was you know pretty disheartening to see. So you've got guys that are that are injured. Is there a guy that you could see you know being able to provide you with some short term flexibility? You know, behind one of those guys, if you're in a pinch. And you have one of these guys that's gone down. I mean, Corey Joseph has looked pretty good in spots for the Pacers, when you know, even when Oladipo's been healthy. But is he capable of filling those shoes and keeping Indiana relevant as a playoff team? Uh, maybe. I mean, I I think that Indiana is still kind of a is probably a playoffish team just because, um, you know, Vogel's such a he's just so balls to the wall all the time, and they they go hard so they're you know they play good defense the east is pretty weak and they've created enough of space for them and you know you i think we mentioned sabonis maybe not maybe that was before the show but demonte sabonis has been awesome too and so you know there's there's some talent on this team and you know miles turner's really talented i i, I think that they're they're going to be fine there um i i actually think that the biggest beneficiary behind the depot is tyreek evans um, I expect him to step up into that role that Oladipo left as far as the actual scoring prowess. And I expect Tyreek Evans, who never saw a shot he didn't love to take, um, you know, 
getting a bunch of that usage. So I would be looking at Tyreek Evans for sure in your leagues. I could see that. All right, lastly, when we talk about the NBA fantasy, obviously surprises are something that uh, always happen, and there have been a couple guys that I've you know, noticed, in, in especially in the fantasy world. One of them is Pascal Siakam in Toronto. I, yes. I can't believe the fantasy success this guy's had this year. He, in, in our league, anyway, he's the number 41 overall ranked player as far as fantasy basketball goes. I don't think he was drafted, and I don't think he probably should have been just based on his production, but he's turned into a legitimate star in Toronto. Obviously, bringing in Kawhi Leonard has helped, you know, give him a, a little bit less of a defensive push on that side of the ball but you know he does it on both sides he's a good defender so he's going to get you some steals going to get you some blocks and he's a good scorer especially around the basket so he's been a big surprise for me the other one is Luka Doncic uh I I didn't see him being as productive as he's been this early on I know he was your guy and you called this one uh but he's the number 30 overall player in fantasy basketball right now and he's battled through and played through some injuries and then the other rookie DeAndre Ayton is sitting at 29 he's missed a bunch of games so he's been productive out there in Phoenix even though the team hasn't so those are my big surprises was there anybody else out there that stood out to you so far this year and do you think some of these guys that we're talking about when we do talk about the surprises are sustainable as the season wears on especially the young guys yeah I mean I I think Doncic is going to hit a little bit of a wall but I I fully expect him to be a guy that goes super high next year and I I just he's a star he's just got to get his conditioning under wraps but you know, Dallas has little to play for, so I could see, you know, if they if they fade out of the punt, then maybe he'll he'll take a back seat. But they're actually kind of hanging in it right now, so and they're likely to lose their first rounder anyway, so they have no reason to rest them if they're you know if they're still in the hunt. Uh, so I, I could see Doncic still playing a decent amount. I just don't know that he'll be scoring at the same efficiency. The game, the name I was going to bring up is D'Angelo Russell. Like, where the hell did that come from? His Last month, he's the number 25 player in average points per game in our league. That's crazy good. I mean, he's he is just destroying teams. If you look at his game log from the last few, he scored 25, 31, 40, 10, 34, 24, 23, 28, 23, 22. I mean, where did this come from? And where did the Nets come from? Just out of the clear blue sky. Yeah. That and, and Julius Randle. You're looking at two former Lakers that have just gone off in New Orleans, too. Uh, Randall in the last uh, 30 days, his, his average is he's the number 28 player. He's ahead of Kemba Walker. Um, so, you know, that's a, he's been a star and uh, really filling up the points and rebounds. Um, so those two guys, the former Lakers, are really doing a nice job in the last month or so for their new teams. What about Nikola Vucicic? Are this, I mean, num- top 10? Yeah, Vucevic has been... Yeah, he's, he's, been, he's been ridiculous. I remember... So good I can't pronounce his damn name. <laughs> dude i do not know where this came from his he scored uh 18 or more or 16 or more points in each of his last uh 16 games i mean the dude is just i don't know he's just filling out not a lot of other guys to score there in orlando um but you know that's that's pretty impressive it's been awesome uh, and you know big men if they're scoring that's huge because you know that they're all obviously going to get rebounds and probably blocks for you Absolutely. So obviously we're talking Super Bowl next week. We're going to close the show out with golf. But after that Super Bowl show, we're going to give you some fringe ideas on maybe some guys on your uh, potentially on your free agency list that you can go out there and nab uh, that maybe have some upside as the season wears on after the All-Star break. But Anshu, without further ado, I know the Farmers Insurance Open is one of your favorite tournaments of the year. Uh, we've got yes. John Rahm here on Bovada as the plus 250 favorite. You watched the opening round today, if I'm not mistaken, correct? 
That's right. I did. It's so great to have golf back. Tiger Woods first tournament of the new year. Um, really the first, I think the first one that was really, that's really been televised on golf network. So I very much enjoyed watching Torrey Pines and all its glory. And again, with the six inches of snow out here was uh, nice to see that. Um, but yeah, pretty interesting. John Rahm got out to an absolutely monster shark, uh, sh- shark. start shark monster shark. He, he did shark the back. And I'll tell you that cause on the front, he was like minus 20 or he shot at 29 and then on the back, uh, not nearly as good, but still 10 under that's one ahead of Justin Rose at nine under and, uh, Buffalo Groves finest Doug Geem is, uh, right behind them. So he's, uh, I think his odds are plus 4,000 right now. Um, but I, I kind of like Justin Rose at plus 450. Interesting note about the farmers insurance is that every player that's won in the last four years, I believe started, the tournament over par in their first round so there's a north course and a south course as you're looking north if you're listening to this uh before day two gets going hopefully you are um or before the weekend just keep an eye out for how players do on the south course that's significantly tougher than the north and uh rom shot the 10 under on the north side so um you know just know that that's probably going to balance out and i would definitely fade rom winning this tournament at plus 250 just doesn't seem like a great uh, great bat right now. You don't love Doug Jeem sitting there at nine under? Yeah, Doug Jeem again. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Buffalo Groves finest. Plus I, four I don't, thousand. I like it. Yeah, yeah, but he he also <laughs> played the North. I believe. Name. <laughs> yeah, for sure, Doug Jeem. He's a local guy. All right. No, that's good stuff. Got to call him out. Yeah. No, no I, like I, I think that. Yeah, there you go. I, I think that Jason Day is another one to watch five under. Uh, heading into the weekend, and usually when he's healthy, uh, he's a pretty good player, so someone to watch for. All right, who do you like the most to move? Like, if, if you see some of these odds, obviously, you know, you've got some big names there down the list a little bit. You know, Jason Day uh, sitting at five under. Um, you know, some of the some of the bigger names. Who do you think's the, the most likely to, to make a big move on day two based on what you saw today or based on what you've seen out of them over their career? Yeah, I mean – Boy, that's I thought. I thought Tony Finau had a couple really nice plays, uh, really tough shots that he recovered from. He's at plus twenty five hundred. Um, he was playing with Tiger, and uh, they they both were playing pretty well. Tiger at plus twenty five hundred. You've got to pay the Tiger tax here. It's rarely a good idea to bet on Tiger in these futures, but you know you might. I, so at the same price, you get Finau, who's doing better. I actually really like that. I, I think that that's an interesting one, Rory was uh, really crappy with the driver, I thought, in, in what I saw briefly. But uh, plus 4,000 always seems like good value for Rory, so something to watch for there. Uh, and then, you know, Adam Scott is 200,000. I thought that he was playing pretty well. It's interesting to see new rules. You know, you can leave the pit, the flag in the um, cup during putts, and, and it's been interesting to see how some of these golfers use that. Adam Scott certainly has been one that is utilizing the the, the pin in uh, on longer putts. Before you know it, we'll be at Augusta, my friend. It's it's uh, oh, it's it, I, I can almost wait. I can almost smell the fresh cut grass at Augusta. Because <laughs> we always attend. Yeah, we'll be there. We'll be there. <laughs> we'll be there reporting live. All right. Well, hey, we made it through another one. Uh, this has been a fun one. We appreciate the lines that Bovada was able to provide us here today. Anchi, was there anything you wanted our listeners to know before they get to their weekends? No. Although, if you want to bet on the Pro Bowl and be just a total de- de- degenerate, we both totally approve of that. I believe Bovada's got 
the NFC minus one, if I'm not mistaken. So go throw a couple bucks on that if you have nothing better to do. I'm taking the over, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Don't All know right. what it is, but yeah. For Anchu Kana, I'm Josh Don. Our time has come to an end on the Underdog Sports Fantasy Hour. 